KFC biscuits are white on the inside. It's not right. Popeye you know what I'm going to say, Bojangles? It's got the funny no, no, biscuits. Bojangles is a different matter altogether. That's a debate. Now that is I don't a debate. Know, I don't do Bojangles. It's the Why don't you do Bojangles? It reminds me of the, the dancer. It was like, it has to mean context for me. The word Bojangles is just like wild. Sorry. I still like Popeye's though, myself. Yeah, Popeye's biscuits are the best. They're big, they're flat, they're flaky, and they're yellow on the inside because they're actually made with butter. Coming to you live from across the nation, it's the most dangerous people. Ah, it's the trans nerd. I like when Athena does that, but I'm not as good at that as she is. So, well, hi everyone. It's so good to have all of you here. We're gathered today on March 8th. Uh, because of some things that have gone down in Memphis. And so we've gathered some of the Memphis fans to join us here on this episode. Cynthia Grace is our co-host. Ocean Kane returns as our contributing co-host. And Mar Newell returns co-host, as does Moth, Moth, Moth. Hi. And hello, hello. We're, hi, hi. And today we're joined by, by Pony Boy Hearing, Jenna on Fire, and Amon Pride. That's because that's the name that it is on the on the promotional. So, AKA okay. Salamander. 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 First name Brandy, last name. Well, first name Sal. First name Salamander. Brandy. Salamander. Brandy. 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 president of the whole damn world. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's so good to have everyone here gathered. Most. I'm so glad to have the Memphis family together, so that. We can spend some time in communion and really just um hearts out because it seems to be such a um just a time right now for for us. And so um with that being said, I'd like to just take it over to, to Moth 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 and allow them to take the floor for this moment. So hi Moth Moth Moth, so good to have you back with us here on the Trans Narrative Podcast. Hi, President Caroline. Thank you for having us back. <laughs> it's so good to um, have you back. I'm blessed to have you as my friend. Thank you for being there for me. Absolutely. Let's go around uh, the room here and let's just briefly get to know each of us just so that we ourselves and our audience knows um, who is on the show today. So let's start out with our co-host, Cynthia Grace. Just briefly, give us a little bit about yourself and so our our, uh, guest here can uh, have a glimpse of your life. All right. Well, first of all, I am a trans woman. I'm also a drag queen. I am from the Black Hills of South Dakota. And currently, right now, I actually am employed. I work the front desk at the Alex Johnson Hotel. And Cynthia, didn't you just sit down with StoryCorps and had a fabulous interview, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. On January 25th, uh, I do not know uh, if any of you are familiar with uh, what StoryCorps is, but they're a group who goes around the country documenting people's stories. And what happened was on January 25th, they were out in uh, my uh part of the country and they were gathering stories about the lgbt plus community out here and i was selected to tell them about what my experiences were like living in south dakota as a trans woman and growing up in this area and when i got the uh link to the uh audio excuse me the audio link to that interview i posted it on my facebook page and uh after this uh uh interview i'm gonna talk to you carolyn and uh see if we can get that up on our uh trans uh narrative site as well mm-hmm. for those who, are, who want to hear it 
Thank you. Well, thank you, Cynthia, for spending time with us today. As always, you've been with us so many times on the show, so it's so good to have you. And joining us today as our contributing co-host is Ocean Kane. Ocean joined us last a uh, few weeks ago with our interview with Marla, and it just was so incredible that they joined us full time. So, um, Ocean, hi, it's so good to have you here with us again. Hi. Um, like you said, my name is Ocean. I go by she, her pronouns. Uh, I am also a trans woman. Uh, and I spend a lot of my time, um, when I, when I'm incapable of at least being, um, out, uh, I do a lot of my advocacy, like on the internet. Uh, and one of those biggest things is I do a lot of debating on TikTok, debunking, like misinformation and shit like that. We applaud you and we thank you for that. Absolutely. And joining today again, as our co-host guest co-host is Mar No Mar. So good to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me and my Memphis family. We all we all very much appreciate just having the chance to put our voice out there. And um, as the good Reverend Moth says, we're going to, um, you know, try to be love and light out there. And we'll all preach it like we the choir. Absolutely. The church of the mothership, wow. baby. Hallelujah. Absolutely. It's so good to have have you here and so uh moth and salamander it's good to have you both here with us and uh jenna jenna on fire can you tell us a little bit about yourself so my name is jenna lee dunn aka jenna on fire on my, all of my social media handles um <clears throat> i'm currently working with an organization in memphis called out memphis as the trans services specialist uh i'm also a transgender woman um Currently working on making Jenna on Fire an actual brand and doing some stuff with that. And I have a lot more news that will be coming later about that that I can't disclose at this moment. Um, but a lot of exciting things are coming uh, down the way for myself um, that will also be um, a huge benefit to the trans community as well. And also um, working on some things to be able to uh, do more help. Um, for people of color that are in need of things also. Well, I'm so grateful to have you here with us, Jenna. And Pony Boy Haying, did I say that correctly? We can just say Pony Boy, that's fine. Oh, sorry. Well, Pony Boy, it's so good to have you here with us today. Thanks for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I am a drag performer here in Memphis, drag king, and Moth is actually my mama. I know. Oh my god, I did not know that. <laughs> that that cute little cowboy is is my responsibility. Yeah, so you know, seeing I just want to say real quick, seeing Moth on that video was yes, very harrowing, but also in just talking to performers last night at the show, it was really rejuvenating to see somebody speak out and stand up and really in so many ways just made me remember how much power we actually do have. Um, it can feel so powerless sometimes, but we we aren't powerless. Um, we just have to remember that we have it. So anyway, side note, I'm a drag performer. Uh, I'm also a PhD student uh, finishing up this semester down at the University of Mississippi. And we'll see what happens after that. What are you studying? Literature, the books. Say that one more time. Study, I read books. Study oh. literature. They're studying literature. Oh my god, you have a PhD in literature? Not yet. Hopefully by the end of the semester I will though. Dr. Ponyboy oh. up in here. So, where would we like to begin today, everyone? What would we like to talk about that's lighthearted moth? Do you have any suggestions? I I've been very um 
sick for the past couple of days. And mm-hmm. I, as <laughs> I, I'm somebody that um, has some sensitivity issues and I am somewhere on the spectrum. I'm not sure where. So I'm really weird about food. Uh, if I ever become president, I fully intend. First of all, I'm going to throw all the straight people in prison. Uh, mm-hmm. Second of all, I'm going to <laughs> uh, destroy time itself. I'm in a war against time. I'm going to outlaw time. And then I'm going to fix the world hunger crisis by outlawing food for everybody. So we're just going to cut the food out. But in this moment, I think that um, even though I don't have an appetite, I know that people love food. So would everybody describe to me, like, what would be your perfect snack right now? And it can be from anywhere, anything. That's what I want to know. I want to just, like, see what's in your imagination and in your in your appetite and your taste. Maybe can we, can we start with um, salamander or ocean or mar? Uh, well, honestly, with my appetite right now, I'm not really full. I, my mom, I one thing I could like say be perfect right now is something my mom used to give us when we're like really, really hungry. It's like, uh, she called it air pudding. You like open up your mouth, close it, swallow, get done. <laughs> air pudding. Air pudding. And like, <laughs> you hungry? I'm a little bit, I'm busy right now. So eat a little air pudding. Let's keep it till I'm off work. And I'm like, all right, mom, that'll probably be per- perfect right about now. <laughs> that is so funny. That's so mm. sweet. Um, Mar. I oh, have Ocean's my- oh, Sorry. Oh, Ocean, go on. Go on. Uh, I mean, I have my own struggles with eating a lot, uh, but my comfort food, my go-to food, uh, no matter how bad it is, is always going to be a chicken sandwich. Just real easy, real nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not spicy, not a spicy chicken sandwich. Not nothing spicy, like a garlic parmesan. Ooh. Jenna on fire. What are you Uh, peckish for right now? Well, you know me because I'm worried about gaining a pound. So I'm like, I have my binge moments and then I like eat like a bird the rest of the time. But um, I guess you and I are very similar in that way. Like right. you, when, when we're hungry, baby, we're we're hungry. But yeah. most of the time we're we just kind of pick around the plate. So lately um, I've been on like a pizza kick. I don't know why. Like mm. I've got to get off of it because it's totally more carbs than I eat in a year. So um, but it's been a lot going on, like emotionally and mentally and everything. And so, uh, and then with being sick also, um, the doctor told me, he's like, look, you know, be patient with yourself, be kind to yourself. Don't worry about the carbs and the scale so much right now. Like eat, eat and drink plenty of fluid until you get better and then you can diet or whatever. And so um, my comfort food is always going to be pizza, even though it's it's sinful. <laughs> Carb-filled passion. That's Caroline. Oh, me. Well, I have a few things. So my comfort food would be like um, basically fast food. And then my real comfort food is fried chicken, specifically Popeye's. And then like my third favorite thing would be this Indian dish called Bang and Varda. And it's an eggplant dish that's like the most delicious thing in the world. And I like it at a level five because at the Indian restaurants, they give you one to six for spiciness. I always go to number five. So that is what I would love to eat right now. If I could afford Indian food, I would do it. But if I can't afford that, it's a double cheeseburger from McDonald's. Extra pickles, extra onions. Extra pickles, extra onions. Absolutely. And maybe extra ketchup too. 
and extra ketchup. Mm, oh, yeah. Rare, rare sensibilities. Um, who else haven't we gotten to? Mar, you haven't described anything tasty yet. Actually, I always say ladies first, so Miss Cynthia. Cynthia, dear. All right. Well, let's just start with the comfort food. Uh, I know this is going to sound um, rather interesting, but chicken nuggets. I won't lie. Yes. Just just some basic, simple chicken nuggets. Okay. I, I mean, to me, that is just you put them in the oven. Hey, you just sit, watch TV. You're good to go. Uh, for uh, the other food, uh, I would really love to have a pretzel bun, bacon wrapped, bratwurst put in the middle of the pretzel bun. Dump beer cheese sauce over that and then add bacon bits. That is intense. I love it. It's basically heart attack in a bun, but it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth the in risk. Moderation. You can have it in moderation. <laughs> yeah, a bite at a time over a week span. I probably just made a few of you hungry just because of what I just described. Yeah, I'm very hungry. Ever since Moth brought up food, I was like, shit, I haven't eaten today. <laughs> Mar, what's your tasty food? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with experience. And like I said last week, I was in the Army for a little while. And so one of the first one that I had, my first duty station was in Korea. And you definitely learn and eat a lot of different food. So my mm -hmm. two favorite things from there is one one plate, it's called bagogi. Okay. And it it's really good. It's just... um like a steak strip and it's cooked there and it's got a certain kind of flavor to it. That's just it's really good. It's almost like teriyaki, but not teriyaki. It's just a little different and it's not super spicy because my body cannot do spice. And if I do my wife and my, my family hates me. So um, we just don't go super spicy. Uh, and then of course they're ramen. There was, I was on a very small um, base and we had a Korean couple that would come and cook there and they would deliver it to our rooms because it was like half a mile, like within that area was where everybody lived. And so I, I would always get ramen from them and they just, they always, I, I've never had ramen like them since and it, I miss it. But another experience, this is the last one I promise, was in Germany, across the street from where we stayed, which used to be Nazi bunk barracks. And so that was real freaky. Um <laughs> Needed a lot of sage there, um, <laughs> but uh, we would um, go across the street to a guy. He was from Turkey, and he would make make the euros, and it was like this for one, and you could order a half, which I always did because I was like, that's just too much for me. But they were so good, and the euros here are good too. But there's something different about that guy, and the it just I don't know those those are the meals that I think about when I'm like I wish I had one of those meals right now Honey you know boy, what's, what's your tasty food Look, come right. on baby boy clearly fried chicken is like the official food of the LGBTQ community because I was gonna <laughs> say Popeye's fried chicken sandwich but since that's been taken I'm gonna say tater tots Oh my god, Domino's just came out with a new line of tater tots uh, with with their extra fillings and stuff. So it's like topped with all the cheese and the bacon and all that good stuff. Jalapenos. Oh my gosh. Okay, I do have a serious question. I'd like to ask Moth, okay? If if animals could talk, who would be the rudest animal? Oh, moths. Moths. Because, <laughs> yeah. 
Because moths, listen, yeah. most, when mo most moths metamorphosize, they lose their mouthpieces. So, like, I would be speaking to you psychically in your mind, which will make you want to die. You don't want me in your head screaming. Um, <laughs> moths do not live very long, and they live off of stored body fat. So I'm sure that, like, angry leopard moths that are hangry and, like, trying to, like, you know, get in, get the points, lay some eggs and get out. Like, I'm sure that they would be really rude because like they have places to be. They've got like, they've got 48 hours <laughs> to survive <laughs> and and move forward. Um, so yeah, I think, I think moths would probably be pretty rude. I should have thrown butterflies under the bus, but you know, butterflies are so snooty anyway. Are yeah, they? I feel like they'd be so happy after they cocooned and, and left Chrysalis. You haven't met my cat. They eat blood, you know. Moths, they like, do. Moths, but uh, butterflies, they eat damn near anything. They are carrion uh, eaters. If you uh, release a bunch of butterflies on a carcass, they will suck the blood out of it. Is that not so creepy? That is the craziest thing. They're so pretty too. And uh, so, okay, so in the mothy like lore and the mothy character backstory, moth, moth, moth is from Planet Farina. Um, but the Chiromillions are a race of like butterfly beast creatures that like to capture Furinians and suck out our souls using their giant scary proboscis. So I personally, in all of my alternate lives, I don't trust butterflies. I never have and I never will. The mothership. We should go to the mothership. I, I actually, I want to know, so I, I, I want to go around the room here, and I just want to ask a few of all of us, actually, but I wanted to, Moth has such a, a, an incredible imagination. Does anybody have, like, any lore of themselves that they've created personally for themselves to help them navigate through their, uh, through their life, Ocean? I do. Yeah, um, I actually have something, it's a, it's a little extreme, um, but it is a way that I was able to kind of manage my own depression and find some um and and find some like like power in myself. Uh, and it is that essential it's essentially when I talk to bigots, a lot of the time, like the way that I treat treat myself is I will just say like I can't die. It's impossible. I can't die. And if can you prove if you prove that wrong, it won't be my problem. But since it hasn't happened, you can't prove that it ha that it can. I like that. That reminds me of Lucy. I like that too. That reminds me of Lucy. What about you, Mar? Do you have any? Or no, Salamander. You were going to say something. Um, it's a bit of a story. I can go last. Like, go right ahead. Spend it. Tell us it all in yeah, detail. We're here. We want to hear. Um, well, honestly, uh, one, reincarn reincarnation is real. Um, I remember a few past lives. I remember the first past life as well. Um, I remember you know, a time where everything was just pure energy, like, it's just like fire, but like, not like fire, we know it, but like, more harmonious, more fluid, the flow like water. And you know everything's perfect and harmonious and stuff like that. Then one day I broke free. <laughs> I broke free and I just launched myself into space, and I just uh, can change shape, form, any way how I wanted. Just flying like the cosmos, like a comet. And I just remember, I remember those lives and stuff like that. Until one day I was like caught 
about I crystallized something drew me here. I just feel like I just got hurled back to earth, hurled into the earth and stuff like that, and I and just heading towards the light. And I just remember different lives of uprisings and rebellions and fights and just liberation of people and stuff like that. And like I just every time I die, I go back to that existence and hurling through the space and cosmos and stuff like that until I'm caught again. And I feel like, yeah, uh, I remember those lives and stuff like that. I was a sword. I was a, a few women. And I was just women that lead rebellions and love the fucking party. And now I'm here to do the same damn thing again. And I'm ready to fight and ready to like spread love and liberation. Yeah. You know, I came here to help teach people how to dance. But uh yeah, that's my that's my little lore. Um hey, yeah. I just I just thought of my something. Name is is... <laughs> I, I just thought I we should all uh I thought we should all dance on the on the Zoom together, all of us. Just just for a second, right? There's just Okay, well I have a surprise then if I have a surprise for Pony Boy. Hang on. Oh my god. Oh, oh. oh hold on, hold on. Uh, what what I, I, what is going on? Is it a cowboy? Was it a cowboy hat? Yes, it was a cowboy was it hat. Awesome. Here. Oh, that's sweet. Yes. Oh yes, bitch. Yes. Here, we'll go for purple. That'll be good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, Jenna, you now have to wear that at the riot when you introduce Pony Boy. Uh, that's enough. <laughs> It's a show. It is a protest themed show that is called Riot. <laughs> just to just so that we're super clear. Yeah, yeah. Not That's a riot. You're fighting. I've been thinking about should we stream that live somehow? Like at least a piece of it. Oh my it's god, you should record wild. some of it. We'll put it on our well, you can record some of it. We'll put it on the show. It's yeah, we'll get small, we'll get some like, clips. No, Moth, like you don't understand. Like we haven't talked. Like I have different people that are wanting to come now have reached out to me. Um, I even think like some of the Black Lives Matter movement people want to come Good. from what I talk to Our them. And, right? Uh, decarcerate Memphis. Um, the Hanks Party. Do what? I said, I'm also a member of Black Lives Matter Memphis. Oh, cool. There's two, there's, two, there's, two, there's two of us. There's two groups of us. But so, yeah, I'm down. So I have been talking with somebody from this uh, organization called Food Not Bombs. Mm hmm. And they're connected somehow to Decarcerate Memphis and Black Lives Matter. And so I like made these connections through them. Um, and so I've invited them all to come to the show and have and like have a table. Uh, the Haven's going to have a table there. Our members will have a table and we'll be doing Good. HIV testing. Um, Moth, there's somebody that reached out to me that does like, like they make patches and stuff for like vests and things. And they want to contribute their sales to the uh, drag um protect the drag thing that you have. And so I invited them to come table also. So it, it's really turning into like it's a big show now. Really excited. Really quick, um, um, Salamander and Moth, do I have permission to upload those um, clips from the news onto the YouTube uh, portion of our show today just so that our... Yes, th those are out in the public. Sure. Those are out in the public. Okay. Sorry, y'all. Everybody sure. in the world is calling me. Uh, sure, it's okay with me. Hey, uh, hey, I was wondering if I could ask Jenna, like, is okay my other organization join in too, uh, DSA? Because we're yeah. more than happy to like, support as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, sweet. 
And this is how Memphis does it. We all connect, we all know someone, and we all talk, and we all come together for the common good in our city. Everybody sees Memphis and goes, oh my God, people get murdered there. That's only a small part of us. Mm-hmm. And it just is what it is here. Like, the rest of us are all about here. love and light and keeping it just 100% with each other. And this is what Memphis is. That's why when people ask me, what's Memphis? I say it is the people right here. I love that. Actually, how did um how did all of you meet Miles? How did you uh how did you meet all these wonderful folks? It's well, all well, I'm a cult leader and all of these people are obsessive stalkers who have been following me for over a year now. And I just decided they just wore me down. So I just decided to just like just make them part of the circle. I said I just let myself be taken by the wave. No, I'm kidding. Listen, Jenna is one of my best friends in the entire world, and she's somebody that you know is a battery of energy and positivity for the community. I met Mar through Jenna. Uh, Salamander and I have known each other for a long time now, and been friends. And Sal has really, really scooped me out of some some hard, very stressful places. Uh, as she's done with so many people all across Memphis. Um, Pony Boy and I have known each other a really, really long time. We're old friends. Um, and being my drag child is is new as of this past uh, year and a half, couple years. Um, and I'm just so proud that my friend has found so much light and legacy and creativity. And he just grows and grows and grows. Um, and then uh, to the rest of you, you know, I don't particularly know you, but I do now, and I like you. Are you talking about me, Moss? Except for Caroline. Caroline checks in on me and makes sure that I'm I'm okay, alive, and I really appreciate it. The second I saw you online on Wednesday, I called you right away. Like the second you were online, I knew you were you were on your phone. So thank you, babe. Thank you for just looking out for me. And I think that took care of everybody. I hope I didn't leave anybody out. But, you know, we're all connected through just, you know, we're known through our works. We're all hard workers. We're all very connected to lots of different silos in the community. And, you know, part of it is so joyful because we all work beautifully together and and we do such great things in the city of Memphis. I wish that the state of Tennessee could take pride in us. Uh, if only I could lift the veil of hatred away from everybody's eyes, I think that they would be so impressed with everything that our community does in this state. Absolutely. I wanted to, uh, Mar, we had a conversation a few weeks ago about a film that I happen to love and you loved. I think we had, yeah, do you, okay, you remember? I think oh, it'd be fun if, yes, if <laughs> I think that, um, I don't know about you, but before I started my transition, I had no clue who I was. So I tried to find it in every outlet that I possibly could. And for some reason, it seemed that Disney films had a good way of telling the hero's journey. And a few films specifically in the last 10 years, yes, 10 years, have been really influential actually in my journey to self-discovery, such as Frozen and Moana and uh, Mar and I actually had a whole conversation about Moana and broke down like the entire like just of the film and and related and related it to our uh, the trans journey. So I thought it'd be neat maybe if we could go around and talk about some of the films or movies or songs that helped us get through um, the roughest times in our lives and what that meant to us. If that's if that's something we're all interested in doing, I'll start. If so, you know, give other people a chance to get the thoughts going together. So, uh, before, before I got where I am now, 
one of the big moments in my life and it involved music because everything in my life usually involved music somehow, some way. It's just how my life is. One of the big moments though was, um, I don't remember the year, but I went to a pink concert in Nashville and it was me and a friend and I got there and it was, there were so many people in the community there. And at the time, I knew that I was gay. I knew that I wanted to come out and just be myself. But there was a lot of other things I had to deal with first, like getting the courage. Because it does, it takes some courage to really say, this is who I am. This is it right here. To be true to yourself is one of the most, I think, rebellious acts that we can do as a person. And at that concert, it started. Because pink and the music and all of us were singing and all of us were dancing the majority of us were a little tipsy so it definitely helped the dance moves but um <laughs> we just it, it just got me going and I saw so much and I'm like I'm just gonna be myself because if this whole arena which was packed sold out show can be themselves why shouldn't I and pink was just amazing by the way I mean if you have never seen pink in concert Highly recommend because they are a ball of energy and they, they do that thing in the stadium where they're on the, the bungee cord thing and they were going off and I was like, oh, please come here. <laughs> there was no way because I had the cheap seats, but you know, it was just an amazing, amazing event. And from then on, I think within the month, I, I started with the person I was married with and just went from there and Everybody knew I was out within six months. So anytime I feel bad, um, I turn on some pink music and uh, just go from there because especially with their, their new album has some really good cuts on it too, that, that it gets you, you can feel, you can feel the emotion from them in that. So I love pink. Pink, actually, a lot of people don't know this, uh, and they've talked about this, so we're not, you know, outing them or anything, but they deal with a uh, borderline personality disorder, which mm -hmm. is something that I have deal, uh, dealt with, and so it was nice to, when I went through that uh, that, that awareness and, and tried to work through that, that pink was there, because uh, once, I, once I learned that, I listened back to some of her work, and I was like, wow, so this is why I love this song, because it told the experience of what it was like to to deal with love and loss and and trauma through through the eyes of somebody that deals with bpd so i i loved i love pink and everything that she does especially the song uh perfect perfect is that's a very meaningful song to me so there's too many of her songs i can't <laughs> it depends on the mood <laughs> <laughs> absolutely there's the one song uh, i used to listen to this was this was the one that that I wish somebody in my life had known I played uh, Don't Let Me Get Me. And that was the song that when I self-loathed and I just was like, I didn't want to be anymore. I would play that song and I would just scream out. I'd be like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be dead name. I don't want to be this person. This is who I am. And I, I would, um, I would, I would do the things that, that Pink has showcased in some of her, in some of her videos that were graphic and, not really necessary to openly say that I've done, but uh, Pink and I have that. Um, so it is, um, she's helped me through a lot and actually some of her music. Ironically, when I did that, I would play uh, Pink's Perfect. So it was, um, it was beautiful, but also odd, but she helped me through so much. Who is next? Personally, um, 
Uh, I have one song, and it's more, it's less of a positive, but a, a little bit. Uh, so it's um, Peyton Cardoza's Honey and Glass, um, which is, a, a Honey and Glass is supposed to be a description of a woman who is confident in herself, um, and how the singer aspires to be like that. And that was a lot of the time how I related myself to my gender dysphoria, but then, like now looking back, I can I see that as like my own source of strength because I can make myself my own girl of honey and, and glass, apparent, uh, uh, essentially. Hmm. I love that, Cynthia. What about you? Well, if I'm having a bad day, I'm probably the only one here. But I love watching horror movies. Give me the B-rated horror movies, okay? And I love yelling at the TV because, I mean, here are these people. I'll give you an example. Sci-Fi produced this movie called Grizzly Attacks, okay? Here's the premise behind it. Four uh, teenagers or young 20-some young odd kids go off-roading uh, on these back roads, and they accidentally kill a little baby cub, and mama goes to try to kill him, okay? And one of the... Uh, I hate to say it, but bimbos uh, would say, well, we're lost. How do we get back to the main road? And I'm yelling at the TV, bitch, just follow the road you're driving on. I mean, here, 20 minutes in the movie, I am begging. I am begging for the bear to find and eat these people. I Like I said, I love watching these bad rated horror movies so I can yell, I can scream at I was like, really? You want to hide in the killer's house where he lives? He won't. He won't look for you there. Good one. Let's, let's see how that turns out. Oops, you did. Congratulations. <laughs> really quick. Um. So, um. Uh, Ocean has to step out due to some uh, things. So, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna like do, pretend to do an outro really quick. So, I'm just gonna go ahead and say, Ocean came. It was so good to have you here, here today as our contributing co-host. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Hopefully. Bye. Bye. It was a pleasure. Okay. okay. Now that was just that I will, that will be at the end. So but that was editing stuff. So that's fun. So, okay. Uh, Pony Boy, what's, uh, what kind of music uh, or, or art or things help you in your journey? Uh, I, you know, I'm going to go with a horror movie too, just because it's a recent example. I'm actually pretty finicky about horror. I'd like any body horror, especially. I'm like, Ugh. but demons, all that kind of stuff. Love it. Um, but when, uh, when we were in quarantine, lost a really good friend, actually a friend of Moss too. Probably a lot of people know her, um, uh, Lisa Michaels. And I was having a really, really hard time. And, um, you know, I had seen this, the movie Midsummer. Anybody? I know which one you're talking about. Good movie. Oh, yeah. I watched it prior, you know, like, and I was like, oh yeah, that's a great movie. And then somebody was talking to me about it and saying that they had, um, interpreted it as a trans narrative. And so I, and they were like, they suggested that I went, go back and watch it. And um, just cause it could be really cathartic um, watching it from that standpoint. And it was, it was something that I didn't know I needed at the time that I wouldn't have expected that I needed. And I just had this whole like spiritual, emotional experience watching it. And it got me through some times. Sorry. But you, did you elaborate on some of the trans narrative parallels? So since we are on the trans narrative podcast, um, I'm really interested because I'm crunching the numbers of that film and the way that it was written and the way that it unfolds. And I'm interested to hear your perspective. 
don't want to, because I think the, the part that uh, is most obviously related to a lot of people's trans experience would be the very final, really dramatic moment uh, where there is this transformation that is requires destruction that happens. Uh, I don't want to give it away for anybody who hasn't seen it, um, but I think that part in particular, it, you know, it can change from horror to transformation um, when you when you take that perspective on it. <laughs> Which I think is wow. a lot of people that kind of that you know just transforming is a really scary thing. It re does require killing things off sometimes. It requires destroying pieces that aren't serving us anymore, um, and that can seem scary, but it can also be incredibly liberating. Some flowers only bloom after a forest fire. Exactly. You know, um, I, I have a song actually here in just a second, but uh, uh, Salamander, did you have? Yes, I actually, uh, I love anime. I'm a huge anime fan and I love cartoons of all forms and fashions. One recently, it, it really reminded me of my journey of, you know, spiritual and queer, you know, transitioning a narrative of uh, everybody should watch it too. It's a really good one. Uh, Centaur World. I don't know if anybody's seen it before, but it's all own journey and story. It's basically a, a horse. It's about a horse who gets um, uh, sent to a world, you know, Isekai into a world for centaurs, you know, everything centaur. Um, you got centaur, centaurs, you got horse, uh, llama tars, uh, everything ends with tar. And it's really a queer, uh, you know, um, the horses really come from a world full of war. It's very gray to a world that's, yeah, everybody should watch it, where it's very queer. The world is very queer and it's very loving and it's very cartoony. And like, and it marks me of my own journey because like in the beginning, the horse is like, I'm on a mission. I gotta, uh, I gotta defeat the nowhere king. Uh. But it like on the way, you know, the horse learns about magic and learns about friendship. And it's throughout her journey, she becomes more and more magical and more and more puppy. It's beautiful. I, I you know, and I, I feel like a lot of cartoons and animation Americas are slowly being shut down because they're very queer and queer oriented. And like it's a shame because it's really a beautiful art form and like I was really depressed, uh, you know, what, uh, during the incident because, like, they ripped my spiritual beats I got from uh, Nigeria and stuff like that. Like, um, they ripped my beats, and I was, like, really beat up spiritually. And, like, you know, and I watched this show, like, four times, and I started again. It helps me. It helped me heal a little bit, you know. Uh, you know, like I said, that's, that's my main thing. That's why I've always been uh, a real otaku all my life because my uncles and my uh you know my mother my mother was tricky my uncles were also otaku they were also big anime nerds and you know and that's that's something that's a comfort to me in my time and eat. yeah sorry my that's voice beautiful is sorry my voice is very groggy y'all like i said i'm still like very hurt right now so please excuse me jennifer uh what about you jenna Oh, I didn't hear who you said. I'm sorry. So, um, thank you, by the way, uh, Cynthia. Um, there was a movie, like when I first decided, like I know what I know what's going on with me. I have to do this. Like I'm, this is me. I'm trans. You know, I've always felt like a woman since I would 
eight years old. And so when I finally figured it out, like I started looking for, um, well, Delaney James music was a big influence, just like positive, uplifting all the time, listening to Delaney James and Dua Lipa. But then there was a movie um, called Boy Meets Girl. And it's about it's a trans girl that plays in it. And it's about a trans girl. And um, I probably watched it about a thousand times, especially when I first came out, because it was the first like actual movie that I had watched that had a trans person in it. And it was about trans, you know, a trans person's life. And I would just suck into it immediately because I related to so much um, that was going on. And, it, and then the end of it was like, it had a good ending and a positive ending. And so I just watched it over and over and over. And like, if I had a bad day, I could come home and put that movie on and watch it and cry or laugh or whatever, and then feel better afterwards. So I guess that's, I will be honest with you. I am struggling here because I was so engulfed in like the current events in the world that like, I, I just, I forgot. I forgot that life exists outside of trying to fight for our lives. And it's like, I feel like it's just, this is hard for me because I'm so used to speaking on bigger issues that like, this is, this is difficult. Yeah, I love it though. I absolutely love it, but it seems it's just like it's hard for me because like so much of me wants to be like, so let's let's like there's this thing I want to talk about. But I know I know we the request was we don't do that today. So, but oh my gosh, it just I I it's to be so engulfed in it. It's so hard to pull away from it, and I'm, I'm just witnessing it in real time right now. <laughs> Trying to do that, it's like I feel like like. This is, it's, I guess, and I and I think we spoke about that on last week's episode with Alora or uh, Shaughnessy was that, you know, I, I asked, you know, how does it, how do you feel about some of the, the folks in our community that have massive, massive followings or, or perhaps like a world renowned television show and they do nothing about it with their platform. And, and that was a big, that's a big thing that I, I feel with right now is that like, and that's how I feel because it's like we have this platform and like there's so much that we need to talk about. And even one episode not talking about some of those things to me feels like almost a disservice. Not that it's it's not, certainly it's not, but, you know, I, it's just, I'm, I'm witnessing, I'm witnessing in real time how difficult it is for me to talk about just, you know, the stuff that, that, that that matters like kfc or, or popeyes and it's popeyes for sure a kfc is just oh, gross KFC sure. is just, it just went downhill for like i don't know i don't know what i don't know what point like that light switch flipped but they just got nasty at some point the double down no like it's just gross popeye though that's that mm. there's the difference yeah, no, is that like i think the sandwich the double seasoning. down burger the, the double There's down seasoning the point came for me and now they're bringing it back, the double down sandwich, where there's no bread, it's just two, you know, chickens for a patty. You're done. You're done. You, very American. I can get behind the shark. I love KFC. I think we or not KFC, Popeyes. Well, I got another say, Wait, what were you going to say, Moth? We stumbled on what? Oh, no, I think I think that we've stumbled onto a, a grander conspiracy, because Jenna's correct. Like, KFC was, like, rocking in the 90s. Y'all remember mm -hmm. Yes. Y'all remember the way that it tasted. Oh, yeah. It don't taste that way no more. Mm -mm. I remember. No. 
It's no, I think Popeyes has seasoning, and, and KFC doesn't have seasoning. I used to say, I used to say in my naive days that I I don't want uh, I don't want KFC because it's just you know another white company, and I and then I found out that the CEO of Popeyes was also a white cis man. So I was like, oh, well, yeah, yeah I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, but at least Popeyes use seasoning. At least they have seasoning, and it's based off of like culturally diverse food. Like it's actually decent. Whereas on like KFC is just like it's so like you it's gooey, like you rip the bread off of the chicken and it's just like ugh, we stole this gooey. We stole this I remember when I was when I was done with KFC, I had went and bought, I don't remember what it was, like a two-piece or something. And I got home with it and I opened it up and like even before I started eating it, like and, and I'm not trying to be gross, I promise, full disclosure, but um it smelled like they had cooked bad chicken and sold it to me like that's what it smelled like before like i didn't even get to take a bite because it just smelled rank and ruined and i threw that crap away and i never went back to klc after that jeez we're gonna change bojangles name to jenna on fire chicken yeah corporate takeover politically correct then have any of you heard culver's has anybody ever heard of that from like Wisconsin, the Culver's. Yeah. Culver's? Yeah. 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 Have, yeah. We we have some out here where I live. Yeah. I used to live they in Iowa see. and it's a big thing up there. And they're actually not bad, but Moth? How long have you been how Moth? How long have you been in Memphis? Forever. Ten years. Me? Sorry, I was coughing. No, how long have you been in Memphis? Like ten years? Yeah, I've lived here uh 12 years now. I moved here when I was 18. Do you remember Miss Winters? Chicken. Oh, yeah, but baby, I didn't have no money for Miss Winters chicken. Well, they're coming back. They're they're bringing Miss Winters back to Memphis now. Me and the kids. Could be like Winchester and Riverdale area somewhere in there or something. But I just remember every morning stopping and getting a Miss Winters chicken and biscuit, and it was just, oh, it was just so good. Really? I can't wait. I hope that, uh, I hope they do, uh, really well we used to go to jack purdle's chicken uh when we were in the mca days because we just walked down and jack purdle's like you tell them what flavor of fried chicken you want and it is sopping it what is about sopping. Church's chicken? remember church they had good okra church's chicken had the fire ass okra church's has no, well, the see, honey biscuits see i brought up culver's because like almost a decade ago um culver's had fried chicken and it was like the best chicken i'd ever had from culver's of all places i couldn't believe it they just gave you a platter and it was like two pieces of chicken but it was the most delicious chicken i ever had i swear to you now okay here's a question that's really important i grew up in cincinnati so that was that's my hometown. So Cincinnati is well known for Skyline Chilies and Gold Stars and and Frisch's Big Boy. And Frisch's Big Boy has something on their sandwich that um, a lot of people apparently are not fond of, which is tartar sauce. And I, so whatever, Mark. Okay, tartar <laughs> sauce. Tartar sauce. Tartar sauce is so WKRP. That's right. In Cincinnati, I grew up that, next to Kings Island, the amusement park. That was like I swear it could fly. Oh my god! The tartar sauce on a cheeseburger. Is there anybody in favor or just no? Oh hell no! Knock it till I try it. Only with yeah, fish. you should try I it. it fish, but that's it. Oh my god. No. no, because the tartar sauce is made for cheeseburgers. It's not like Long John Silver's tartar sauce is the grossest thing I've ever had. But the freshest tartar sauce is heaven. It lit. I'm not lying to you. It's so good. You should try it. They sell it at Myers. I'll I'll eat tartar sauce with my fries. <gasps> 
try to get off my fingers. Who are you? I won't put it on a burger, though. That seems dirty. Okay, we're going to have a whole podcast about this. We got, we got to, we got to unpack this at some point. Y'all, we could have just a completely food centric podcast, but so, Mas, again. what happened this past week? So, I'm going to have to preface yeah. for me and Salamander. You know, we uh, last Wednesday we were arrested speaking out against the governor. And we have a court date that's on May 1st. And until then, we're going to need to keep the interior details of our story um, to ourselves and our attorneys. Uh, That's just the way that it's going to be. There will be lots of news as time goes on. But for right now, we're going to have to protect our own truths and our own stories. Uh, But what I can tell you is if you want to know about what happened, baby, it's all over the Internet. Um, It's all on camera. You can see it. And, uh, you know, go out and do your research and and make your decisions about what you think about what went down. Um, And that's about all that I can say. What I can say is me and me and Brandy are in one piece, but we've certainly got emotional scars from it that we're dealing with. And that's what we're working through. I think that and Sal, if you want to if you want to chime in i think that right now you and i just need to focus on healing yeah emotional and uh physical as well i'm still very much injured it's very hard for me to move and have mobility in my arms and how rough they were so uh, if i sound a little groggy or anything like that please excuse me so yeah well i thank you I, i thank you both for being here with us today especially after this this week that we that we've all had, you know, you're, you're my very close friend moth. So when I saw that happen, I, my, I, I never felt that way before because, you know, I've seen, I've seen the attacks on, on our community, but I've, I've never <coughs> seen somebody that I personally know and I've spent time with being attacked like that. And so it really hit home for me to see that because it just, it just reminded me that, that, that we're not safe in this country right now. And it, and it seems that there's, Nobody here to protect us. Thank God that that Memphis has the ACLU on your side, but that they can only do so much. And and I'm just I'm just grateful that you found the time this weekend to join us after everything that happened. And I'm grateful that everyone here has uh, taken the time this weekend to join us all together. So thank you, thank you, everyone. Thank you for having us. I'm excited to just spend time just hearing all of your beautiful voices and um, hearing about you know, thinking about the bigger story and focusing on, you know, how things connect from the blue sky to the grassroots. I think, um, I think for, for today, I think that, that we should, in honor of you, Moth, I think that we should go to that blue sky and push our heads to the clouds and just remind us of, of the joy that life has to offer for each of us, because we, it, especially with 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 me and, and our co-host, we spend so much time engaging with with the news media and the transphobes that it seems that that almost becomes what our life is right now. And 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 it's important that we pause and stop and say, "Whoa, there's more to our lives than just fighting for our humanity." And I think that's what we I'd like to do today is just remind our listeners, the world, and ourselves that we are a part of a the human race and that there's more to us than just having to fight for our survival. So let's um 
let's go to the blue sky and think happy thoughts. <laughs> it's hard. You know, I, was, I, hard. I wouldn't have a blue sky to think about if not, because, you know, Salamander and I have known each other for a while now, and Sal has really kept me steady through a lot of really, really fucking hard times. And I'm so just, we can't, you know, we can't dive deep into it, but Sal, my heart just know how much I love you and know what a rock you are for me and what a leader you are and what a superstar you are. You're a star as well, Martha. You're a true artist and you're a true inspiration to me as well. For real, for real. And yeah. like you are a real inspiration for the rest of the community as well. I don't know if you know. I'm pretty sure you should know this, these things. But you are a beautiful soul and I'm <laughs> sorry. I hate the you know, I hate that we have to go through this, and like I see that it's having a toll on you as well, as well to people I you know, know as well. But uh, yeah, thank you. We love, I love you. you so much. We do. We love you, Malti. We do. So now for the for the rest of our Memphis friends who are here, this is a circle of people that that love the two of us very much. And this is a circle of people that has seen us do some high kicks, <laughs> most certainly. But they've also seen what we've gone through, and the circle of friends understands what we're, we're what we're carrying on our shoulders right now. Hi, sensitive content ahead. Please note that the following clips are taken from the Daily Wire and from other media outlets of the alt right. Please consider skipping to 16 minutes if you are uncomfortable with the current anti-trans rhetoric being spewed and have had enough of it. Otherwise, please note that what you're about to hear is transphobic and taken from the alt-right media platforms. Please consider yourself warning. If someone identifies as a woman, then they are. No, no. I don't care if you think you're a sheepdog. It don't matter to me. Just don't come in and try to shut They're choking me! They're choking me! Get your hands on my neck! And investigators are looking into a hate crime after three transgender women were attacked and one allegedly robbed. The victims say instead of helping them, witnesses mocked them. You are all child abusers. You prey upon impressionable children and indoctrinate them into your insane ideological cult, a cult which holds many fanatical views, but none so deranged as the idea that boys are girls and girls are boys. I'm a A cult which holds many fanatical views, but none so deranged as the idea that boys are girls and girls are boys. There can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism. It is all or nothing. But there's another point, too, and this is something that I want to say specifically to the trans activists who are now crying and panicking and hysterically ranting about imaginary genocides. I say they're doing that now. They just start doing it now. They've been doing it all along. This is all they ever do. But I want you, if you're in that group, I want you to listen to this part very closely. If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women, then it's true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, if men really can't become women, as they cannot, then it's false for everybody, too. And if it's false, then we should not indulge it, especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. 
If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. The whole preposterous ideology at every level. Please always remember this. You started. This week, a whole new slate of anti-trans bills passed in states across the country. Tennessee and Mississippi both passed bills that banned gender-affirming care for minors. At least 15 more bills attacking trans rights and the rights of lesbian, gay, and bisexual Americans were introduced this week, and two dozen more anti-trans bills moved through state legislatures as well. These bills target health care, bathroom access, the ability for trans kids to play sports, ID laws, and same-sex marriage. Now, up until recently, most of the rhetoric coming from conservatives has focused on apparent concern for children, fear that children are rushing into or even being pushed into gender-affirming care. But now, state legislatures are coming for adult health care, too. This week, Oklahoma's House Republicans approved a bill that would prohibit any facility that receives public funds from, from providing gender-affirming care to anyone of any age. The bill would also block insurance from covering gender-affirming care. A sister bill would make it a felony for any physician in Oklahoma to provide gender-affirming care for anyone younger than 26. Yet another bill in Tennessee would block Medicaid from covering gender-affirming care as well. These bills are an outright attack on the rights of trans Americans, but they also could have terrible physical health consequences as well, as they may force trans people to detransition unsafely if they're unable to access physician care and medication. For more on this, I'm joined by Emmy and Peabody award-winning journalist Amara Jones. She's founder of Trans Lash Media, chair of the Transgender Law Center, and host of the Trans Lash podcast. Welcome, Amara. So good to see you. So over the past few weeks, more legislation has been introduced that would prohibit gender-affirming care, as I mentioned, but not only for minors, not just for minors, but for adults as well. Um, a lot of this rhetoric has focused on children. Are you surprised to see this transition to now focusing on adults? No. Um, as we explored in our other podcast, The Anti-Trans Hate Machine, um, which is an investigative series, we uncover the fact that this is now a major pillar of the Republican Party, that so many of the organizations that you know um, about, the Heritage Foundation, the Alliance Defending Freedom, Family Research Council, and so many others, um, have worked for almost a decade to push this issue to the center of the Republican Party. And that's why it's not a surprise that um, it's being expanded right now. And, you know, even in a Washington Post article about the fact that adults are now a focus of uh, this legislation was quoted, you know, someone from the American Principles Project. And they were the ones who, in 2018, focus grouped this particular issue to say that the way into undermining the idea of trans rights in America would be to start with children and then to move on till adults. So sadly, I'm not surprised by any of this, and we're just going to see more. So, Mara, I would, help us kind of put some focus on what what animate, animates a lot of this conversation, a lot of these bills, because 
These bills involve a lot of fear-mongering and a lot of disinformation about children being allowed to make sudden, impulsive, and irreversible medical decisions about their gender. So help us understand what, what these narratives are getting wrong about this process and what these children are seeing and understanding about themselves. Well, Michael, as you know, you know, the a key way to undermine rights of people is to engage in an intense campaign of disinformation. And so you were, you're right to target. Let's unpack um, a lot of what's behind this. You know, the fact is that by the time a trans child has been able to begin to engage in transition, any type of transition services, any equal access to medical care, most of the major any type of interventions are reserved until after 16 and even after 18. And that's according to guidance from the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Psycho Psychological Association, the American Endocrine Society. I mean, there are nearly four decades of research on the best way for this to happen. And just like an abortion, the fact is that what's happening is that what they want to do is to insert the government in a conversation that is between parents and doctors and therapists and a child. And only when there is a consensus is there a movement towards any type of engagement in these services in the later teenage years um, at a beginning. And no surgery is until well after that. So, I mean, this is this is disinformation and it is disinformation designed to create doubt. And that doubt then it makes way for fear that can be exploited both for religiously ideological and political purposes. And that's what's going on here. So you know, a lot of people kind of come at this, and, and they may not be as connected into the conversation as many are, um, and they may see this as something, you know, nothing more than just limitation of bathroom use or just some restrictions for, for genderqueer kids. Can you speak about uh, the true impact that these bills are having, um, not just in terms of access to medical care, but the emotional and mental and, and developmental sides of, of this conversation that oftentimes gets lost? So I know that most people don't understand us, um, but the bottom line is that transness is real. Um, there are four decades of research and even longer, ever since recorded history of humankind, we've been recorded where our brains um, and our bodies are out of alignment. And what happens through a process of self-discovery and a lot of work and then help from others, including medical professionals, if people choose it, that disalignment gets aligned. Um, and so what will happen and what does happen when that process is disrupted by government or legislators who don't understand this is that suicides increase, that um, self-harm increases, self-marginalization increases. Um, and we know from experience that in addition to the individual self-harm that this is harming families. What we're doing through these bills um, uh, is creating political refugees in the United States. Where, trans, where the parents of trans kids all across the country have to determine where and how they can flee to other places in the United States in order to protect their children. That's the impact of these bills. The impact of these bills is highly harmful personally, it is hi highly harmful on families, and it is highly harmful to the fabric that holds our communities and our society together. Uh, we have to be real to the facts that we've been here longer than they've been here um transgender 
uh, you know, it's just, it's it's there's literally been these false lines drawn, and because we don't meet those lines, we don't meet those uh, boxes. It, it creates a lot of contradictions in the society that they're trying to create. A society where they have all the power. But yeah, we've been here longer than they have. And we're going to be here longer after them than when they disappear, when they're gone. Because this won't stop. We won't stop. Like, we're going to always exist, even within their own party. Like, there's plenty of people who have been trans within them. And all they're doing is making a prison for themselves. I did want to bring us back to the conversation of, um, you know, there are a lot of really influential people who our community is crying out to them and they have said nothing or next to nothing so far when like, you know, at this point, I think people saying things makes them look like they are brand new. Like the time to say something has already passed. Mm. I think that we should continue to reach out and say, Dolly Parton, please like, help advocate for us and please help us and RuPaul please like you know do a thing do something but I am not I I personally am not I can't like put my faith in that because I also know that those people those types of people you know have other financial interests that are similar to you know oil and gas stuff anyway so speaking out that's yeah, you can't really depend on the famous in the bourgeoisie class to get things done. You need the workers, the people, the the people, like I say, grassroots. We need everyone. Because, like, everybody always thinks there's going to be a face and one standout to, like, save everyone. But, mm-hmm. no, that's just what the powers that be want to happen so they can just, when it gets too big, they can cut it off. So we need everyone that. activated, really. So if can they want to hop on and like they want to hop on, let them hop on. But like you know, not let them lead the narrative. Not let them lead the people. You know what I'm saying? Because like everyone's a leader in the community. To be honest, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Back, like, I went and looked back. I looked back at um, like Dolly Parton through the years, and I think I, I, went, I think I found as far back as 2014, where she had like publicly spoke out in support of the community. Um, you know, even then, but the thing about it is, it's like it's great and it's cool to have somebody like Dolly Parton like publicly support us, like that's great. But at the end of the day, and I'm a realist on some things, and I'm sorry for that because I feel like my real my realistic attitude like kills the never say you're sorry, but it doesn't matter, it don't matter if Dolly Parton makes a public appearance on a platform and says, Stop the hate support trans rights, you know, blah, blah, blah. They don't care. It does not matter. No, thank you for getting that out. Because like I said, that's beautiful said. Because like, like, that's how I felt like when I first came out. Like, like I got tired of it. Being comfortable. and got tired of nothing being done. I want international news getting arrested. I, I, it's like, it's like, because like, I'm, I've been holding it in for so long. So please, more people need to uh, like, come out. Come out, one, come out the closet. Two, come out and like let the world know. Yeah, say something. Let the world know that you're angry. You're tired as hell. You're sick of it. We're sick of this. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I'm not only just coercing people, the politicians at a higher level, we also need to get on the politicians. But here on the local level as well, you got people who claim to be with us and claim to be allies, but uh, literally go silent when we need like ordinances passed 
or thing like that. Because like I'm bring some up Re just recently, I was uh, assaulted by a Chevy County deputy on the 23rd of uh, January. This is happened like one month in between the incident that happened on the first, and like he literally followed me into the stall. He uh, uh, followed me to the bathroom, followed me into the stall, and refused to let me close the stall. And like he made me urinate on myself. And it happened right inside the county commission building. And you got everybody who said they want to do something for me. They want to like uh, 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 you know apologize and all these things. But in reality, if you want to do something, sign an ordinance to help protect my rights and protect my dignity. And you know mm -hmm. when I actually wrote something up that was feasible and plausible, similar to ordinances they just passed recently. They go silent on me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I tell people, hey, email the, the county commissioners. Hey, pass their ordinance. We need this. Like we need something to protect us. And like you know, fight against this. Uh, uh, uh these uh, officers that like doing damage to us and stuff like that. So like, yeah, we need everybody. Like I said, before any of this, I was a bartender. You know, I, I was a bartender for ten years. And like, um, and you know, when the pandemic happened, and like they weren't doing anything for it, they literally left us all here to like, die, uh, to un be unalive. Um, like, like they they literally left us out here alone. And I just got sick of it. And like, I, I feel like during my little struggle for the past three years, uh, I made some strides that people more some further strides than people who've been doing activism for like decades or you know activism or whatever. And like. And if we all got together, if, if you know, you may think the, your your viewership uh, levels may be low, but if all your viewers got together and say the same thing, got tired of this, know who their local leaders are, or uh, know uh, who uh, uh, write their laws, their ordinances, their codes, their little matrix of the world of pain and misery. Yeah, yeah, and like literally, we can all come together and make some major changes, like right now. So like, we need everyone. Like, I know things are like very. Depressed and everybody wants to sit and stare in the void. I I I get it. I understand. Me personally, I eat the void myself. I eat it. Like, but if we all came together and do uh, one little thing or uh, uh, get one thing passed, we can make the world change. Especially here in Memphis, like for real, I, I believe that. Like, we're all notes to a larger choir of harmony. And like we need every note, we need everyone. There's no, there is no solo. There is no big faces. There is no just one singular person. You know what I'm saying? So because like you know we we can do it. I believe we can do it uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. We need to remember as a community too. There have been people before us. Yeah. And like one of my examples, because when I first came out, I was like, I got to go learn about my community. So, and I'm a history major. I can't help it. So I go back and, and I look at it. And like one guy that popped out to me was um, a gay Danish guy. Um, I'm going to butcher his name because it's Danish. But um, it's like William Ardanus. And before he died, he told his he told his I have it pulled up to make sure I got it right. He told his lawyer to say one thing when he died. He said, tell them and he said, tell them this. Let it be known. Homosexuals are not cowards. Mm. That's what I take with me when I think of things. And what he did was he would go and destroy records of Jewish people so the Nazis couldn't get them. One man saved hundreds of thousands of lives. And he was always, and he was very proud to say he was gay. And that's what we have to remember. It takes one person to do a lot. Right. Absolutely. I think that, I think it's important to remember that, and, and we've seen this before, what they're trying to do right now is tear us down. 
They're trying to bombard us every day with transphobia, with hatred, nonstop news cycles, nonstop this and that, so that we will just lose it and and crack and and do things that that aren't going to get it done. And so it's important that we learn to constructively vent our anger so that when it comes time to to really do the job, that we're effective in that mission because we're not going to succeed if we all just get mad and just like go out there and 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 take it down because they'll come after us. And so we have to be just as strategic as they are in this fight because this really is at this point a war against human rights and and right. and we are we're on center stage so and it's no different than what happened in the 1920s except that instead of the jewish community being the spotlight it's the trans community and all the other marginalized groups are just lumped into that they right. want to make us angry they want to tear us down they want us to get or disorganized with our anger so that we're not efficient in in our coalition to end this and so it's important Ooh, say it again you can say that one again baby damn 100 100. Yep. I think that's we lost the happiness when it breaks when it breaks you down and it breaks your connections down with everybody around you. That's how right. fascism. Absolutely. I, I just want to say one thing on that. Like when they when the Nazis and the fascists they came for people, they also came for the trans community too. Like they some of the research we have done now had been already researched, but it was burnt. Like they mm -hmm. burn, like they doing now. They're burning books and they are uh, uh, banning books. They did it then too. So we need everyone. We need that harmony of everyone working together, one hundred percent. So I really applaud you. Thank you. It's um they think well they uh they didn't tell us in school if they even told anybody. I mean they told me, but they didn't tell me what the book. They didn't tell me, but they told me about the book burnings. They didn't tell us what books they were burning. And right. that is the issue. The books that they were burning were Magnus Hirschfeld's uh, works on gender ideology and sexual orientation. And he was the leading sexologist in the country, in the planet. And all of his works were burned. And so when I hear people say, oh, well, this this trans thing, quote, is new. No, it's not. It's only new to you because the literal people that we are warning you about did exactly <laughs> what they did in the 1930s, which was burn all of the material related to who we are. So it's new to you because our history was burned by literal Nazis is who we're telling are doing the same thing. Today, I actually went to the library and I got some of the children's books about, um, about you know, being yourself. One of them was my, um, oh, Jenny, you have to go. Oh, um, that's okay. Hold on, before you go, let me say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. we have to say goodbye to you. Jenna. It's such a Jenna on fire. It's such a pleasure to have you with us here today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Love you, Jenna. Bye. Bye, babe. Bye. So, um, I got one of those books. It's called My Shadow Is Purple, and I, I'm, I, I, I think that one of the effective ways to actually get some of the things that the transphobes are using against us and be like, okay, so here's the children's books that they banned. Please read it and tell me what is, uh, what's derogatory about that. Please tell me where it says they're forcing children to get a sex operation. Tell me where it's saying they're forcing gender. Tell me where it's saying this, that, and the other. And, and I'll hand it right to him. I'll be like, because here's the book they, they banned. They literally banned this book right here. And I just read it. Where did it say? And I had that a conversation with a family member. And I said, where did it say that? And they were like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, where did it say that? And and I think 
we have to be strategic in how we uh, how we how we converse with these people because um, where it's that's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. I just I have a lot of feelings. I want to say something real quick. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think among activists, it can be so difficult to remember to protect our joy and our expression and to protect our rest because um, things are serious and it can just feel so inconsequential to talk about, sit around and talking about fried chicken, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, like book, these children's books, right? They can seem like they can be so inconsequential in the grand scheme of things, but the fact that they are going out and banning them and burning them. I, I mean, if you all are following these educational gag orders, there's 86 of them so far, I think, as of February, around the country. Most of them are geared towards, you know, CRT, critical race theory, or, uh, you know, sexual orientation and gender. These things are powerful. These stories that we tell, drag, for instance, I think is an incredibly powerful form that not only gets at the seriousness of what we're going through, but also protects the joy of it. And we need to make sure that we are continuing to protect that because we will die if we only think about how we are continually being attacked, that will just make us feel beaten down, make us feel and powerful. sick. It will make we us sick. Us. It will not feed us. Oh, yes. We got to feed Absolutely. ourselves. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Speaking of food, we have Pizza Guy. Woo! Ah! Hey, Pizza Guy. Munchie's on the podcast. Hey, uh, Pizza Man's on the podcast. But yeah, uh, please, like, everybody has my number, if not my number. You have my contact information on Facebook, and I'm more than happy like to like join y'all or whatever. Um, I know I'm always busy and stuff like that because like I'm slick like running a church and like uh, a socialist. Thank you. I'm sorry, guys. A socialist uh, group organization, and like uh, we um, yeah we're trying to spread as much uh, much of the message as possible. Yes, because like. Um, I feel like the main three forces that's been have worked in my life that's been trying to help for me is capitalism, uh, patriarchy, and white supremacy. They all these things they hold up this uh, uh, empire of hatred, and it, it got to come to an end. Like I think, like whatever left of the old republic and old um, Rome empire, whatever you want to call it, this need to conquer people, the need to have slaves and people under you, it, it's, it comes time for an end for that. And I'm more than happy to spread that message as much as possible. Well, everyone, it's been so much fun. Thanks for being here with us. And we'll arrange a new time for us to get together individually for each of you to showcase yourselves on the show. So thank, thank you, you everyone. Thank, thank you. you. Thank That's you so it. much. Thank you. Everyone take care. Okay. Be safe. These laws are like making us seem dirty and vile when it's always the straight people who come into our places and sexualize us and they're the ones who have deviant thoughts about what we do what we're doing is trying to not break my leg on stage while singing a madonna song like you know so i'm just like I'm, i really want to hold straight people accountable be our freaking allies and don't put your fucking hands on me From now on, Moth, whenever that might be happening, just we're, we're going to work out a signal and daddy will come rescue you because that's bullshit. We don't do that. Hey, everyone. If you like this episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. More importantly, share with your friends. Today's episode was recorded on March 4th, 2023 via Zoom. Today's show was co-hosted by Caroline Penny and Cynthia Grace with guest co-host Mar Newell, Ocean Kane, and Moth Moth Mile.
Today's guests were Tennessee activists Jenna Lee Dunn, a.k.a. Jenna on Fire, Pony Boy Hang, and Salamander Brandy. This episode was edited and produced by Caroline Penny. Research provided by Athena Permacus. Music provided by Infraction Music titled Good Vibe. Capturing narrative segment streams on Saturday episodes. Capturing narrative segment music and the music you can hear now are produced by Athena Permacus. This episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast was brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to upload a podcast. Thank you for supporting this show. For more details about this episode, go to the description linked below. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscriptions for exclusive content available. Be sure to go to anchor.fm slash transnarrative. New episodes stream weekly Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Saturdays, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to reach out to learn more, be a guest, or are looking to get involved with the show, be sure to email us at transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com. That's transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com.